Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Josh, can you hear me okay? Uh, it's a little low, but let me... Uh... Is that any better? Yeah. Okay. All righty. Okay, I think we are ready to go. So here we go. Three, two, one. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery Show live on this Thursday evening with you. As two weeks from today, believe it or not, is Falcons' start of training camp. And uh, it will be officially NFL season and full bore going uh, into it. And then, you know, it'll be here before you know it for the regular season. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk to a friend of the show, Josh Alper, joining us, writer for Pro Football Talk. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Josh Alper. Josh, as always, appreciate a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. Thanks for being on the show tonight. My pleasure. So let's, uh, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, as you look at this team, take the quarterback out of it. And I know that's a big, important piece, and obviously, you know, again, a lot is going to hinge on what the quarterback does. But what do you think is the next most important thing that the Falcons have to be better at? What What's the thing that stands out to you besides the quarterback that you still either have questions about or concerns about? Well, I, I mean, I think it's, you know, you saw what they did, you know, this offseason in terms of, of free agency and, and bringing in Ryan Nielsen as the defensive coordinator. I, I think it's to get – get better up front at the point of attack on defense. I think that that was something where this is a team that wants to run the ball and, and, you know, we'll see with it with Desmond Ritter, but you know that they're going to want to run the ball and you know that that leads to playing close games and it leads to games where you're going to need impactful defensive plays to win week in and week out. And I, and I think there weren't enough of them from that front seven last year. And I think that's the place where it, it's going to live or die defensively for them because if they make those plays, they have a good, you know, they have the running game, they have the kicker, they have the, the pedigree to, to squeak out a lot of close wins. And, and those are the teams that wind up in the playoff hunt at the end of the year because they don't play themselves out of games. And so I, I think that defensive line is, is of, of, you know, just primary importance because they, they're going to need to control possession, control the ball, and, and that, those are the guys that can help them do it. So, Josh, as, as somebody who watches the Falcons and eats, sleeps, and breathes it all the time, you know, I will say I've been a little bit underwhelmed with, with Kyle Pitts and just 
again, I know he had the 1,000 yards, but, again, 1,026 yards and two touchdowns. And, and I've had my critiques, you know, about him. As somebody who isn't invested in, in the Falcons emotionally, tell me your thoughts. Can he be Travis Kelsey? Can he be 100 catches, 1,400 yards, a dozen touchdowns? Because I, I will say, and I will stand by this, that, again, you've got to get that kind of year out of him to really have the full impact of a Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think that he the physical ability appears to be there that, that as a receiver particularly. Now, is that actually, had been, has that been a great mesh with what the Falcons have tried to do in his first two seasons? Not really. I, I mean, I think that, it, you know, you circle back to the quarterback issues and, and there's obviously the injury last year. So there, there's been other factors. But, uh, you know, I think that this year the idea of having Robinson in the backfield, having Drake London at, at receiver for the full season with Pitts, having all of those, those things and those ability to, to find more and more ways to get him one-on-one and in matchups that he should be able to win, I think especially this year, we'll know if that's the kind of player he can be because a, a first-year starting quarterback to have a tight end as a security blanket, that is an ideal, you know, is an ideal situation, and it's one that I, I have to think that the, the Falcons are going to be pushing uh, in a big way because they have a player who, on you know, third and six, if you can get him singled up on, on a really anybody, he should be able to win that battle often enough that, that you're keeping the chains moving. Josh Alper, writer for Pro Football Talk, joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Where do you put Arthur Smith, you know, among NFL coaches? I mean, I, I'm not looking for a specific number, but – is he an upper half coach? I mean, is he a top 10 coach? I mean, you know, given some of the limitations he's had in the roster the last couple of years, how, where do you kind of put Arthur Smith among NFL coaches? Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough to put a, a guy upper half who hasn't had postseason success and, and, you know, hasn't quite broken through on that. You know, he, he, he inherited a team in, in, Sort of, uh, you know, sort of falling into disrepair. I think they've done a good job of of taking out the pieces that that shouldn't be there anymore and and bringing in some new pieces. But it, you know, it it certainly hasn't all come together. I think he's not a coach who they don't coach themselves out of a lot of ball games. They don't they don't seem to make the the kind of killer mistakes from the coaching staff that you know that you've seen from some other coaches. But I think until you win in the playoffs, it's you know, it's hard to put you in a, you know, in a category with, you know, uh, in the NFC, you know, the NFC South, there really isn't anybody in that category, but, you know, with a Sean Payton or, or uh, guys who have won and, and are in new places, Frank Reich, I guess, has, has had a little bit of success for, for the NFC South. But I, I, I think that, it, you know, it's really a, a division where a coach who's not going to shoot you in the foot is going to come up big. And, you know, I think the Falcons have that. I just don't know if he's a guy who can extend the team past the limitations that the, you know, the talent might put in place. Josh, you know, let's, uh, let's bounce around the league uh, a little bit. You, know, you saw the deal that Quinn and Williams got the, more than the deal though. It, it is remarkable because it, it, it does tell a lot about, I think the, I think the stat that I saw is, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on all of this, but he's only the second first-round pick that has been offered a uh, or signed a, a new contract with the Jets over the last decade. I mean, it, it does speak to, you know, I always talk about the, the second contract. Like, that 
tell me that a guy is going to get a second contract with this team, and then I'll feel like you've, you've hit on a successful pick. But, you know, for an organization like the Jets, I mean, it just kind of sums up about just kind of the ineptitudes when you can't draft really well, you can't draft guys that, you know, been high. And, and again, every team has their swings and misses. But when you've only had two guys over whatever it's been a decade or whatever like that, that speaks a lot about to what your organization is. Yeah, I, I think it, 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 it speaks volumes about how wrongheaded the, the Jets have been and for so much of the recent past. I think that, you know, the good news for, you know, for the Jets is that, you know, Williams was obviously a hit and you have guys, you know, the two, two guys last year, Garrett Wilson and, and Sauce Gardner, who look like, at le- you know, you would probably give them a second contract right away if you could just to ensure that, you know, they're going to stick around before, you know, uh, close to a decade. I think that's what they're looking for. And I think that they've continued to make better, you know, better personnel decisions. They, that young, the young talent on hand for the Jets last season was very impressive that, you know, that team with, with mediocre quarterback play would have made the playoffs. And, and that's something that speaks to why you go all in when you have uh, a chance at an Aaron Rodgers this year, because you, you know, you have these other pieces, you know, you know, it's not a perfect team. No team is perfect. No team has a, a pro bowler an all pro at every position, but you have some real high end young talent and they needed a leader. So they went out and got the best possible one they could find on the open market. Uh, is it good? You know, it's anybody's guess how it's all going to work out. It's a killer schedule, a killer division and a, and a loaded conference. But um, you know, it, it does feel like the, that with Williams, with Wilson, with Gardner, with some of the other players they brought in that, that, you know, the worm has turned a bit for the Jets finally. We'll, uh, we'll see the Jets later on. Uh, I think it's the first part of December. We'll see them uh, with the Falcons. But give me some kind of idea. I mean, when, when you look at an Aaron Rodgers, you know, how, we, I always get in this discussion with, with different people. You know, how many wins do you think? I mean, if we, if we take a baseball stat, wins above replacement, how many wins do you think a guy like Aaron Rodgers is worth compared to maybe the average quarterback? I'd say, you know, one and a half to two. I I think that if you were to take him over, you know, that that idea of a replacement-level quarterback, and let's say that, you know, Zach Wilson last season was very much the definition of replacement level. They, they, you know, they they replaced him the first chance they got. Um, I think that that, you know, you, you put him over there. I, I think you're looking at, you know, for the a Jets team that was seven and ten. I think nine and seven seems like or nine and eight. Excuse me. Um, but a, a winning season, a shot at the playoffs is, you know, very much in the cards. I think he flips that over. I think for a team like like the Falcons last season, I think it's pretty similar. I think you were, you know, you had an Aaron Rodgers in, in Atlanta. And uh, I, I think you're looking at a team that probably, you know, win, you know, probably wins that division over the Buccaneers all, you know, in all honesty. Talk to me about uh, what you thought about the comments, you know, from John Gruden as this thing, it, it doesn't look like John Gruden is going to take any kind of settlement for the NFL. It, it seems like that this whole scenario is really going to get down in the muck and mire when all is said and done. Yeah, and you know, look, it's it. it, it there's the Daniel Snyder involvement, and, and and anything involving him has has always been ugly. And the, this prospect that you know that it it 
is, is related to the sale and, and, and that, that something could happen there would be a, a nightmare situation for the NFL heading into the season. You know, and, and for Gruden, you have a guy who's not going to get another coaching job. Uh, I would think he could get back on TV. I think he was a, you know, a, a successful personality in the TV game, but he, you know, he was owed a lot of money. He, he had a lot of time left on that contract and who knows what would have come of it in terms of future earnings and stuff. So I, I understand his, his desire to fight this as much as he can, but I, I do think that it's, you know, it's a situation where, you know, the, the tarnish isn't going to come off of him no matter what winds up happening with any lawsuits or grievances or anything else. And I, I think for a coach who was a Super Bowl champion and, and pretty highly regarded uh, before all of this, it's, you know, it, it, it's no way to erase that sad ending for him. And, and I think that's what he would like more than any amount of money. And then it's just not going to play out that way. Josh Alper, writer for pro football talk, joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline as we're a couple of weeks away from training camp. Give me a team or two that you think, I mean, you know, again, the Falcons are kind of in this boat, but a, a team or two that you think that, can go from bad to good and maybe be, you know, a team that turns it around and makes the playoffs? Well, I, I don't know that I'll go so far as to say they'll go from bad to good, but I think the Texans can go from, from bad to capable and competent. Uh, if C.J. Stroud is a, as far along as, as a, a lot of scouts thought he was in terms of readiness to play in the pros, I, I think that, They've done a nice job this offseason of, of bringing in pieces that, that are, you know, familiar with the Mecca Ryans from, from the 49ers on defense, pieces that, you know, a guy like Robert Woods, who's a, you know, a very capable NFL player, and they just had, they didn't have those guys for the last couple of years, and I, I think it's going to make a big difference. It may only mean six or seven wins, but, but that would be a significant step in the right direction for for Houston, I think, and you know, and then on on the other side, I, I I'm curious to see what you know what the these Green Bay Packers really are. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that there's seeds of a team there that that could be better than expected. I, I I am a supporter of the Lions hype. I think the Lions look like the best team in the NFC North going into the season right now. I don't have a real sense of what the Vikings are, and Bears are going to look like, and and I think the Packers could be a sneaky good team if if you know Jordan Love, if all of the guys who are watching him in practice, all of the things that they say and all the positives that they see uh, manifest themselves. I I think that the you know the the Packers are going to be an interesting young different team than we're used to seeing, and. I, you know, maybe, you know, saying that they're a 10-win team might be overstating things a bit, but it wouldn't shock me if it winds up being a playoff team. Josh, last question for you. Um, I'm fascinated to see, and part of it's I grew up in Northeast Ohio, but I'm fascinated to see what the Browns are this year because, you know, they really thought that, whether whether right or wrong, perception was they thought they had a Super Bowl-ready roster and they just needed a quarterback. Then obviously the whole Deshaun Watson thing kind of blew up, you know, and we knew he was going to be out for a while. But you think the Browns can get themselves back on track to being an elite level team in the AFC? I mean, not that they not that they've ever been there before, but just again, they have the makings of of everything. Well, I mean, offensive line that that fire breather off the edge, running backs, but Deshaun Watson's going to be the real you know key to all of this. 
You think they get back to prominence? You think they get back to being a second-round playoff team? Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be putting money on that right now. And, and part of the reason is the you know the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers. It, mm-hmm. It's uh, again that that AFC is just going to be so hard to manage this this season. Where you, I think you're going to see that there are teams that are going to be better than last year, and the records don't necessarily reflect it. And I think you're going to see. A team like the Browns, I, I think this is a massive season for them in terms of it being, you know, fourth year for Kevin Stefanski. It's the first full year now with Watson, so you're expecting that big jump, that big recovery. But it's been two full seasons since we've seen that elite level Deshaun Watson play football. And I, I think anyone would be crazy to say it's a guarantee that it's going to come back. So I, I just think there are, there are too many uncertainties. But if, if you – look at all of those pieces and as you laid out at the Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper and Miles Garrett and all of the other players that they've that they've brought in over the last couple of seasons I could absolutely see this team being the the AFC North champions but I could also see them being a very competitive 8 and 9 team because of of how hard it is to play week in week out in the AFC this year so I, I it's going to be fascinating and and I think that they're a similar boat as, as you know, team like the Broncos and, and the Raiders and th- these teams that weren't in the playoffs in the AFC last year trying to rise up against a, a conference where you still have the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals at, at pretty high power. Nobody got, you know, nobody got this demonstrably worse in the AFC. And, and that's going to make it, I, I mean, I really think a fascinating race across the board. Josh Alper writes for Pro Football Talk. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Josh Alper, and he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Josh, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes in Atlanta. We will certainly chat again soon here as we get toward the uh, training camp and regular season. Sounds good. Have a good one. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Josh, as always, my man, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes uh, tonight uh, in Atlanta. So thanks as always, Absolutely. Buddy. Be well. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.